بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله yesterday and the day before that the weather was very actually very beautiful in the 70s but it seems that today it's a little bit colder again so as we can see that the seasons are slowly changing and of course with the physical seasons changing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also gives us spiritual seasons as well and we find in a very beautiful hadith where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is reported to have said inna lillahi fi ayyami dahri nafahat fata'aridu laha fala'alla ahadakum so Rasulullah is reported to have said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has in the seasons of our lives certain breezes that He allows to come before us, spiritual breezes that we get. Just like in real life we stand before uh, on a hot day, we have a very refreshing breeze. It feels very invigorating, it you know gives you some energy, makes you excited. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to have spiritual breezes that He allows us to have. So Rasulullah says, avail yourselves for those spiritual breezes. Stand in the path of those breezes so that you may feel the, the beauty of that. Perhaps if you are given that chance and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows that to blow over you, you will never experience misery or misfortune after that ever again. So it's a very beautiful hadith, an authentic hadith where Rasulullah is telling us that just as the physical seasons change, the spiritual seasons come upon us, they come and go. And our job is to be prepared for that. Because if you're not standing in front of that breeze when it comes, you're going to miss it. Similarly, if we don't pre- you know, prepare for these spiritual seasons of the, the breezes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends, it will come. And those who prepared will be standing in front of it, they will get it, and they'll be invigorated while we miss out on that opportunity and that chance. So Rasulullah in this hadith is telling us that there are certain seasons Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us, certain special time periods. Make sure you are there for those time periods. So this is a fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed some time periods more than others. And He allows these to come over and over every single year. And that's why we have our Eid. We have Eid twice a year. And Eid is is an Arabic word. It comes from Aud, which means to return. Because these holidays are often returning. Every single year, we have a different Eid. We have two Eids every single year. So they return back to us. So similarly, these seasons will return to us. So we need to be prepared. One particular time period is coming up. And we, you know, the, the most spiritual time in the entire year, which is Ramadan. It's very, very soon it's coming. But we find ourselves in the month of Rajab. And Rajab itself is a very spiritual month. Traditionally speaking, it is amongst the Ashhurul Hurum, the sacred months. And not only Rajab, you have Rajab, and then you have the, the month of Sha'aban, you have Ramadan. They're not part of the, the sacred months. But then you have Dhul Qa'da, Dhul Hijjah, and Muharram, which are. So there are four sacred months. But before going into that, I want to share a hadith where Rasulullah speaks about this in his famous khutbah in Hajjatul Wada'a, 
the final Hajj of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he spoke of this about how there are certain time periods uh, and, and things of that effect. So this is recorded in the authentic books of Hadith, the Sahihain, where Abu Bakr radiyallahu anhu he mentions that Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Inna al-zaman qad istadara kahiyatihi yom khalaq Allah al-samawati wal-ard al-sanatu ithna ashara shahra minha arba'atun hurum." ثلاثة متواليات ذو القعدة وذو الحجة والمحرم ورجب مضر الذي بين جمادة وشعبة. So in his khutbah, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said these words that the time period will come back to how it was when Allah subhanahu wa taala created the heavens and the earth. What he was referring to is a phenomenon where the Arab tribes they had this understanding that in the time period the Ashhurul Hurum. These are four sacred months before Islam. So before Islam, in the it said that this started from the time of Ibrahim These were the months, like I have just mentioned, we're in Rajab right now. This is one of the months. Then after Ramadan, uh, after Shawwal, you have Dhul Qadr, Dhul Hijjah, and Muharram. So four months. So the Arabs in pre-Islamic Arabia would cease fighting in this time period. They wouldn't fight. They wouldn't argue, and uh, they thought that it was a very big sin for a person to you know fight in these months so they would have and they were you know warring tribes they, they would have often they would always be in war so they would be fighting in like jumada and then as soon as the rajab starts they would just stop a ceasefire and scholars say imam ibn rajab al-hambali he says in one of his books that the reason why these months are sacred is because dhul qada dhul hijjah and muharram these are uh, you know, three months that are together, one after the other. And we know this to be the Hajj season. So back then, of course, you don't take a plane to go for Hajj. People all over the world have to travel. And it takes sometimes weeks, sometimes months, depending on where you are. So in Dhul Qa'da, they wouldn't fight in that time period to allow people to travel to come in and, and do the Hajj. Because Hajj was known to be sacred even from the time of Ibrahim a.s. Dhul Hijjah is when Hajj takes place. So that, of course, is a sacred month. So no fighting, allow people to do their Hajj. And then Muharram, the first month of the year, they return back home. So no fighting at all to allow the people to come and fulfill their rights. And this was known to everyone. They had a respect for their deen. So even, you know, the worst of people, they would never dare to fight in, in these months. And uh, what, what is special about Rajab? It is said that Rajab is, is disconnected from the other three because it allows people to do Umrah. They could come in the middle of the year, do Umrah without any worry that someone's going to harm them or you know, highway bandits, etc. And then they can return from that. So this was kind of, you know, even Imam Ibn Rajab, he talks about this is a possible reason why these were the sacred months. And uh, you know, pre-Islamic Arabia, they used to celebrate these months in, in terms of uh, they used to observe no fighting and, and decreasing of the sins. So Rasulullah sallallahu says that in, in, these, uh, in this hadith. And he says that sometimes what the Arabs used to do, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this also in Surah Tawbah, is they would alter the months. Right? They, they, didn't, they weren't as sophisticated as, you know, in, in today's time, where we have everything laid out for the next, you know, 100 years or so, you can see which month is which. So they used to do a, a silly tactic, 
if they wanted to fight more, when uh, Rajab would start, they would say, no, it's still 10 days left of Jumad al-Ukhra. We can keep fighting. It's not Rajab yet. And before, uh, you know, Muharram uh, was over, or, you know, they would say that Muharram's already finished. So they would alter the days. So the Arabs would, would do these kind of things in, in, uh, before Rasulullah sallallahu came. And what's really amazing is when in, in Hajjatul Wada' Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa is talking about this, that today, without even resetting the calendar, the calendar was altered. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made today the Hajjatul Wada' of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa it automatically reset itself. It, it found its way back to the original dates where it's supposed to be in the Hajjatul Wada' is one of you know the miracles of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. People altered, changed everything. And as we know, time changes and sometimes it fits back to its original state. And Nabi sallallahu says that now these months have come back to the original state that they were supposed to be in. So we're not going to change that at all anymore. And then Nabi sallallahu mentions that there are 12 months in a year and four of these months are the sacred months. And he does mention them, he says, Dhul-Qa'ada, Dhul-Hijjah, Muharram, and Rajab. And then he, he, he mentioned in the hadith as well, one ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this in Surah At-Tawbah, إِنَّ عِدَّةَ الشُّهُورِ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ عَشَرَ شَهْرًا According to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so this is not something man-made, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had decided that there are 12 months in a year. فِي كِتَابِ اللَّهِ يَوْمَ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created the heavens and earth, He has decided based off of, you know, the, the, the system that Allah has made, that there will be 12 months. مِنْهَا أَرْبَعَةٌ حُرُمْ Amongst them are the four sacred months. ذَلِكَ الدِّينُ الْقَيِّمُ This is the established deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَلَا تَظْلِمُوا فِيهِنَّ أَنفُسَكُمْ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, in these, uh, scholars say that this part of the ayah is talking about, in these four months, do not sin. So I'm going to inshallah discuss about you know the, the four months, what is the significance, is there something that we're supposed to do today regarding the, the sacred months or not, and um, you know what to observe. Right now we're at the end of Rajab. So this is the last of, you know, after Rajab there's a few months and then again the sacred months will continue. So like I mentioned, there's four sacred months. You have Muharram, the first month of the year, Rajab, which is solitary. There's a few months before and after Rajab, so it's in the middle of the year. The last two months, Dhul Qa'ada and Dhul Hijjah. So you have Dhul Qa'ada, Dhul Hijjah, Muharram, and then Rajab. These are the four sacred months. So now why are they called the sacred months? In Arabic, they're called the Ashhurul Hurum. So this word Haram, when we hear Haram, the only thing we think about is don't do it. That's not what Haram literally means. Haram means sacred. Or, you know, a, a, uh, a boundary that you cannot cross. So when, when, a food, when a certain type of food is haram, like wine is haram to drink, that means that this is the boundary of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do not cross it. And if we go ahead and we partake of that, which is haram, then we will be punished. So that is the whole concept behind haram. Now, when we hear about Masjidul Haram, you know, where the Kaaba Sharifa is, now does that mean that you cannot enter the Masjid because it's haram? No, obviously not. Masjidul Haram means the, sa- the sanctified and sacred masjid. So that's why it's called the Haram. Not because it's forbidden, but you can consider fighting to be forbidden in there. So they call it Masjid Haram, the, the sanctified masjid. Now why are these months called the Ashhurul Hurum? So 
Imam Ibn Rajab, he says, Ikhtasallahu arba'ata ashur, ja'alahunna haraman, wa'azlama hurumatihin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen these four months, and he has placed a lot of honor into these months, and made them haram for people to do sin in them. وَجَعَلَ الذَّنْبَ فِيهِنَّ أَعْظَمْ وَجَعَلَ الْعَمَلَ الصَّالِحِ وَالْأَجْرِ أَعْظَمْ So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in these months has made sin particularly worse for people to, to engage in and good deeds particularly better for a person. Meaning you will get more reward by doing more good deeds in these months. And if a person is involved in sin in these months, also this is going to be more harmful for a person. It's like sinning in Ramadan. It's even worse, the whole concept itself, this is a month where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has locked away the shayateen and we have nothing else to do other than sin. So then the sin is even worse upon ourselves in that time. So like I was mentioning in pre-Islamic Arabia, this uh, fighting was not allowed in, in the Ashurul Hurum. However, scholars say that this, this, the rulings of the sacred months has been abrogated. Most of the scholars are of this opinion, that they no longer apply to us. Uh, because after Rasulullah passed away, the Sahaba spent years uh, in, in you know, fighting and, and expanding the Islamic empire. That, that happened for years on end and there's no report of them stopping in the Ashurul Hurum. So we, the reason I'm talking about this is because we're in Rajab. Right? So what is Rajab itself? Uh, people say that Rajab is named Rajab because... Uh, Rajab itself means to make something grand To make something very great and something grand And this is a month that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has honored So we should show honor in it by doing more ibadah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So there aren't any specific rulings for Rajab itself When Sha'ban comes, inshallah next week I will, I will discuss inshallah the, the etiquettes and the, the benefits of Sha'ban There's many things to do in Sha'ban itself But regarding Rajab Rasulullah didn't allow people generally to fast the whole of Rajab. He would say, don't you know, make this an Eid. Don't make it a special holiday. So we're not supposed to you know, overexert ourselves because of a, a special aspect of Rajab itself. That is reserved for Sha'ban. The next month that is coming, next week we will be inshallah in Sha'ban. This month, Sha'ban that I'm talking about, Rasulullah would fast almost all of it. And that is in preparation for Ramadan. And if you think about it, Ramadan is just one month away. Uh, it seems like it was very recent, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed that to come again. And that is why there's a special dua. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa would ask Allah, Allahumma barik lana fi rajab wa sha'ban wa balighna Ramadan. Allah give us barakah in our rajab and sha'ban and allow us to witness Ramadan. So what this means is that we have to prepare for Ramadan from now. Right? We always wonder, what do I have to do to experience a good Ramadan? Look at the dua of Nabi Wasallam, and then we can understand how we can have a good Ramadan. He says, oh Allah, give us barakah in Rajab, which is now, and it's almost over, and Sha'ban, and allow us to reach Ramadan. So Ramadan is kind of the goal. And Rajab and Sha'ban allows us to get to that goal. So we have to start preparing right now. Whatever goals I want to meet in the Ramadan spiritually, I have to start preparing for that from now, inshallah. I wanted to talk about something called Salatul Raghaib. If any one of you know about this type of Salah, it's actually an innovation. Uh, it, it was created after 400 uh, Hijri. 
It's a special type of salah that they say you have to perform in the first Jumu'ah of Rajab. But it's completely fabricated. So if you don't know about it, that's better. I'm not going to talk about the details. But if you've heard about this type of salah, you have to read like Surah Al-Ikhlas a hundred times in the, in the first rak'ah. But it's completely fabricated. So it's a fabricated hadith. Some people, they would, you know, fake a hadith and, and make them up. And this happened after 400 uh, Hijri. Imam Ibn Rajab talks about it in his book. Uh, regarding fasting in Rajab, I kind of already mentioned that, you know, Nabi Sallallahu would not really allow it. Aisha radiallahu anha saw someone fasting for a long time in Rajab. And she said that, you know, why don't you do this in Sha'ban? So this is because the fasting in Sha'ban is something we see from the life of Rasulullah A continuous fast in Rajab is not really recommended. And uh, a few you know, words of encouragement regarding Rajab itself. Uh, Shaykh Abu Bakr al-Warraq al-Balkhi, a famous scholar in the past, he said, Shahru Rajab, Shahrun liz-zar'i, wa Sha'ban Shahru saqi so he's saying here that Rajab is the month in which you plant this is, this is the month that you plant you start planting meaning you start preparing Sha'ban which is the next month is the time when you start watering your plants so you get more serious you start applying more effort and Ramadan is the month in which you harvest your plants this is how the Salaf used to think they used to prepare from Ramadan. Some even when as soon as Ramadan finishes, they would prepare for the next Ramadan. But for us, inshallah, we can take this um, and, and apply it now. He says that Rajab is when you plant the seeds. Start doing something. And inshallah, I'll share with you some things that we can all start together that will help us in our Ramadan. Plant the seeds right now. The next month, you have a whole month and it is reported that Nabi Sallallahu would fast almost literally the whole month. Say for maybe the last few days, last day or so. But some hadith say that he fasted the whole Sha'bah. So the next month is to water those, those crops that we've planted. All you have to do right now is plant it. Start the habit. Next month is to solidify those habits. You know, some people say that do something 21 times and it becomes a habit. So we have a whole month to do those things so that it becomes a habit before Ramadan comes. And then when Ramadan comes, we will reap the benefits. It's time to harvest. And that, is, that will only happen if we start planting from now. If we meet Ramadan and that's the first time I'm fasting in the whole year, it's going to be very difficult. But if we prepare from before, inshallah, it'll be easier for us. So what things can we do in preparation for Sha'ban, the coming month, and then Ramadan? And we all, you know, we should have this goal that this Ramadan is going to be better than the previous Ramadan. And in order to have that, this Ramadan being better, we need to do some certain things to, to prepare for that, inshallah. So I have a few, you know, seven points, inshallah, that we can all do to prepare for the month of Ramadan and solidify those habits in Sha'ban. So number one is, if we're not praying five times a day, inshallah, let's start performing our salah five times a day. You know, that goes without saying, it's fard upon every one of us. But if some of us are weak, we find ourselves missing certain salawat. Let's solidify that and decide that I will not miss a single salah ever again, inshallah. But start from now. And if we are performing our salawat, then make sure if we're not praying our sunan, 
each you know the 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 sunnahs that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi used to perform before and after salah, we need to incorporate those. And if we are doing those, mashallah, try to attend the salah in jama'ah. Right? That, that there's much more reward in that. And if we have that, inshallah, then add some nawafil. There's many opportunities of nawafil. We can start building those habits. One huge habit, and it's it's nicknamed Dabu Salihin, the the habit of the pious. Is tahajjud, right? Many of us were, were unable to wake up. We find ourselves barely waking up in time for fajr. But if we start from now, and the key to tahajjud is not just waking up early. The key to tahajjud, to tahajjud is sleeping early. If we can sleep early, inshallah, you'll wake up for tahajjud. And Imam al-Ghazali, rahimahullah, he mentions other habits you can have. He says, sleep with a light stomach. Don't eat a full uh, satiating uh, dinner. And go to sleep, he says, it's going to be harder to wake up. But anyway, you know, building the habit of tahajjud. We don't want to miss any tahajjud in Ramadan. So we need to build that habit from now if we are not of that habit. The second thing we can do is to designate a time for dua. So oftentimes, you know, we may find ourselves, and I'm speaking about myself first, that, you know, we, we make dua whenever we feel like. But is it correct that I ask Allah when I feel like, or do I stipulate a time every day, whether I feel like it or not, I make dua to Allah? There's a hadith where Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says that Allah will answer those in times of difficulty who used to make dua in times of ease. So if we're only making dua to Allah when we require it, then you know, there's no guarantee Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to answer us. Let us pick a time that can be right after your tahajjud salah, before salatul fajr, Five minutes a day, we can start out five minutes. And you'll see, if, if we're not in the habit of dua, five minutes is very difficult. To make dua for just five minutes. We can talk to our friends for hours. But when it comes to talking to Allah, five minutes and I'm done. I can't do it. So this is a habit. This is a, a, a thing. When we look in the Quran and we see the pious and the anbiya, alayhim wassalam, and how they speak to Allah, it's a conversation. It's not just requests. It's, it's a conversation they have with Allah. So... Designate some time for dua every single day. It can be right after Salatul Tahajjud or Salatul Maghrib or a particular uh, Salah. And give yourself a time, time limit. I'm going to make dua for five minutes. After a while, inshallah, you can increase that. But start off with five minutes, inshallah. So that's number two. Number one was performing more Salah and trying our best to do Tahajjud. Number two is designate a time for dua. Number three. Start to recite the Qur'an. If we're not in the habit of having a daily portion, let's start with one page a day. If you are, you're doing five, that's great. Just increase that. Start going to half a, a juice or do a juz. Or whatever you're doing, do a little bit more and start increasing that, inshallah. So the recitation of Qur'an. And if we have difficulty in reciting the Qur'an, we don't really know the laws of tajweed, inshallah, we do have some courses here. Our imam teaches maybe... I'm not sure if he's free at the moment, but there are some courses we should you know, keep our eyes and ears open for uh, the availability for these courses, inshallah. That is something that you know, we're just building ourselves. If you don't know Tajweed, we should definitely learn the art of how to recite the Qur'an. So that's number three, reciting Qur'an. Number four, and I'm talking about habits that we can start building for the sake of having a great Ramadan. Number four, fasting a little bit more. Now, I just mentioned to you that it's not good to fast the entirety of Rajab, but Rajab's almost over. 
And it is fine to fast on the entirety of Sha'ban, except for maybe the last day. So what we can do is, those of us who are able, fast Mondays and Thursdays, inshallah. And there's the three, the, the white days, they call it, the Ayyamul Bib, when the moon is full, the 13th, 14th, 15th of the lunar calendar, to fast on those days as well. That will, inshallah, prepare us for Ramadan. So in the first week, we're not just you know, out of energy. And if we can do that, if we are doing that, then there's, a, there's another type of fast, which is the best fast, optional fast, which is Salm Dawood. The fasting of Dawood he would fast one day, the next day he wouldn't fast. Then he would fast the next day. So every single day of his life, either he was fasting, the next day he wasn't, the day after that he was. So that's how he spent his life. So we can start doing that to prepare for Ramadan. If you're doing the Salm Dawood, by the time Ramadan comes, you're going to be already you know, ready for Ramadan itself. Otherwise, we find ourselves without energy at all. And those who are extremely strong, they can go ahead and fast almost all of Sha'ban, continuous. And this was a habit of Rasulullah to prepare for Ramadan. So that's fasting, right? So I talked about increasing salah, designating a time for dua, try at least five minutes, but every day at that same time, building that habit. Increasing recitation of Qur'an, fasting more. Number five, find some charities. If, if you don't know of any charities, start, start collecting some charities. That, okay, I want to donate here, I want to donate here. You can start donating now, but in Ramadan, donate something every single day. And it saves you a lot of time if you know beforehand where you want to donate. And of course, our masajid require our, our donations. But there's many different places we can donate. So have a list of those. We can start researching, inshallah. And so we, we should find these charities. So that's number five. Number six now is avoiding sins. This is the main part. The sins of the eyes, the ears, and the tongue, we need to start cutting back. Our speech, we need to be aware of what we're saying. What we look at, the things that we're watching, we need to be aware of that. The things that I'm listening to, we need to tone everything down. And bring in taqwa into our lives. And the last thing, uh, start addressing our bad habits. What are the things that I'm, I'm doing incorrectly? And correct them, inshallah. So again, I'll just mention the seven things. And we'll conclude with that. Number one is pray more, inshallah, more salah. To prepare for Ramadan from now. If we don't have the habit of tahajjud, we can start doing that. Number two, designating a time for dua. Five minutes every day, but pick a specific time that you can do every day. Number three, increase our recitation. Also, we need to pick a time every day. This is, these are habits that are not negotiable. We need to have them every single day and have that as a part of our lives. You know, some of my teachers, they would say that if I miss reciting Quran in the morning, I, my whole day is ruined. I can't focus. You know, it's like if we missed a breakfast or some of us who are, uh, you know, habitual of working out, if they miss working out in that day, exercising, doing uh, cardio, whatever, they can't, they don't have a good day. This is how our recitation should be. Okay, number four is fasting a little bit more. Number five, collect some charities so you're ready to donate in Ramadan. Number six, avoiding sin. And number seven, addressing our bad habits that we want to correct. And have those fixed before we enter Ramadan. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq to have a successful Ramadan. Give us the ability to observe the, this, the remainder of this month and especially next month. And, and fast a little bit more as was the habit of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we make the dua of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
Allahumma barik lana fi rajab wa sha'ban wa ballighna Ramadan. Oh Allah, give us barakah and blessings in this month of Rajab as well as the following month, Sha'ban, and allow us and give us tawfiq to reach Ramadan, inshallah. Wa sallallahu tabaraku ta'ala ala khiri khalqihi Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in bi rahmatika ya arhamar rahimin.